Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Good to have everybody here. Hopefully you're having a great week, great weekend. Things are going really, really well in your world. And this weekend is um, kind of a weekend that we're going to um, talk a little bit about, uh, not about greater as much as about part of the big emphasis behind that, this next generation. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. I've just got one verse. I'm going to read a couple of other verses. They'll be on the screen, but I'm going to get to Colossians chapter 1 in and, and just a weekend, in just a, m- a minute. But on this weekend, that's what I want to talk about. Matter of fact, I just want to brag on you for a minute if I can and uh, just kind of give you an update. Once a month, we do an update on greater. So greater is, you know, uh, we bring the tithe. And then uh, greater is about generosity. So it's, 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 it's what we do for missions. It's what we do when we're expanding for campuses. It's what we do for the next generation, which we're going to kind of unpack a little bit today. Uh, but uh, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, last month, you gave over $67,000, $687.34 to greater. Year to date, over $319,016.22. So great job. Can you guys just give yourself a big hand? Great job. And uh, again, just, just a, a, a great expression of how generous of a church that you are. So I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit, but, but, but I want to take a couple minutes today and talk about the time and the energy and the emphasis that we put on the next generation, not just at one campus or one location, but at all of our campuses, at all four locations. And here's the reason why. Psalm chapter 78 verse 4 says it this way. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of our Lord, his power and the wonders that he's done. For he decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel. And he commanded our ancestors to teach their generation, or excuse me, their children, so that the next generation would know them. Even the children yet to be born, they would turn and tell their children, and then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. All the way back in the Old Testament, it's about greater generation. It's about us telling the next generation of the Lord and his power and wonders and all the things that he's done so that that generation will know God the same way we do, and they will tell the generations beyond them. I was just meeting this past week at, and, and had a conversation with everybody at Life Church that's in our prime life group. So it's 50 plus at Life Church. And, and so we were at the Brookfield campus and we had, we had everybody eating and had a good time. And I just talked to them about how the transition between generations is so crucial. Because in the first generation, they, they established the mission. The, the second generation, they keep the mission. In the third generation, they tend to forget the mission. and the fourth generation, they leave the mission. And if you're not intentional, as Psalm says here, about talking about the Lord and about teaching and training and about the next generation, then there will grow up a generation that won't know God or the things that he does. They'll grow up a, a group of kids that, that will have never seen God do miracle signs and wonders. Will God always have a remnant? Yes, he always will. But at the same time, it's our responsibility to be able to communicate that. Statistics show that 80% of of Christ followers will make the decision to come to faith in Jesus Christ before the age of 18. Some stats are even coming down to the age of 15. Because again, in the day and age in which we live, it is so, so, so crucial, those, those elementary, middle school, and high school age years. 
And it's critical that we give an opportunity for this next generation, often and early, to hear about Jesus. So what does this look like at Life Church? Well, this is kind of our strategy. First, excuse me, Colossians chapter 1. Had you just, I had you marked that just a minute ago. But I want to read this first. This is what we do. This is why we do what we do. And this is kind of how we do it. Verse 28. He, speaking of Jesus, is the one that we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. This is our strategy. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So it's a strategy for reaching and discipling people. And it's found throughout other portions of scripture. This is a common theme that you see in the New Testament. But what, the first thing that, that, they, that he says there for us to do is that we tell them. We tell them. It's our responsibility to tell them. It's our responsibility to teach and train our children. As parents, as a local church, as kids pastors, as youth pastors, as staff, we're all here as leaders to teach and to train. We are to proclaim. We're, we're to proclaim about him. We're, we're, we're to tell them about Jesus. I, 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 I think it's... <laughs> I spent, Tammy and I spent almost a decade of our life in youth ministry. And I'm telling you, I love junior high kids because junior high kids think you can kill them. When you, when you get upset with a junior high student, they just kind of get real quiet because they go, oh man, he could really lose it. He may really drive this bus off the edge of the road here. You know, just kill us all kind of a deal. It's just one of those, like, he's just like, High school kids are a little bit like, uh, they've been around. They, they know that you've got parents and parents get mad. So the youth pastor can only do so much. Don't, that's a secret I just let out there. And, uh, and they're a little bit more, right? Except what high school kids don't know is that by the time they're in high school, the parents are like, we don't care anymore. We, we just don't care. So they still care a little bit with junior high students. Anyhow, but, but, but the reality is, is that, is that we want to tell students, we want to make it impossible for a student in any community where there's a life church, for that student to go into community, I mean, to, to graduate in that community and go into eternity without a representation of Jesus Christ. Whether they accept him or they reject him, that's up to them. But we, from elementary age to middle school age to high school age, we wanna make sure in every community that we're in that we are telling not just the kids that are coming to life church, but the kids that are in the area about Christ. It's what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? They can't. That's why we have kids ministry staff at every location that's paid. That's why we have, have a youth pastor at every location. That's why we pour tons of energy and money into, into, into facilities. And, and it's not chasing cool. It's about communicating the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There have been 233 documented decisions for Christ so far year to day at Life Church. And of the 233 decisions for Christ that are documented so far this year, 159 of those are students who are 18 and under. My, here's my point. The numbers bear it out year in and year out. An overwhelming majority of kids that are coming to faith in Jesus Christ are your kids in a weekend service in elementary and life kids. 
because you've taught them and you've trained them and you bring them here. And they go into, they, they go into the early childhood and, and then they go into elementary. And then, and, then, and then when they get into high school, and middle school and high school, again, it's all right there for them. It's continuing to tell them about the love of Christ and to kind of keep pointing them and, and keep guiding them and keep directing them. The reason why they're coming to faith in Christ is because we're asking. We're giving them an opportunity. We're, we're, we're not ashamed. We're not embarrassed. We don't pull back. This is why we exist. At the end of the day, Life Church exists for life change. We don't exist for church growth. We don't exist for more campuses. We don't exist for numbers. We don't exist for buildings. We don't exist for budgets. We don't exist for offerings. We don't exist for pastors. We don't exist for programs. We don't exist for worship. We exist so that people far away from God, down and out, up and over, red, yellow, black and white, poked, striped, po whatever, uh, whoever they may be that come in, get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that nothing in our midst except for the gospel of Jesus Christ offends them. And because the gospel in and of itself is offensive, that I'm a sinner in need of a savior, that they come into that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that's intentional. It's why we do what we do. It's, it's biblical. It's why we spend the amount of money that we spend on resources. I'm gonna say something, and I don't mean to be callous or crass or anything, but one of the reasons why that I'm so passionate about, and again, these ushers and uh, greeters that are here, and, and so if you have a child that's in the room, I, I don't, I'm not disrespecting you at all. Please don't take it that way. If I was having my very first weekend, and I'm not a pastor, and I'm going into a church, and I've got kids, we're probably all gonna to stay together. But the reality is, is that this environment is not the best environment for a child. This environment, as far as anything I'm going to say on a weekend, is going to be rated PG-13. We made that decision a long time ago. So if you've got an elementary age kid, you may have to, you know, Lucy, you've got some explaining to do. You know what I'm talking about? There may be some things that I say and talk about that, because, again, the audience is wide enough that way. It's also the reason why that I, I put, because here's the deal is I cannot compete with a crying baby, and I can't compete with a beautiful baby. I know that's hard for you to imagine. My mother can't understand that. But I can't because, again, that child is just going to be that child. That, that, that kid's just going to be a kid. And so, again, growing up in church, it's in, instead of just be quiet and sit there, why? Because you're bored out of your mind. You don't understand what this guy in this jacket on this stage with no socks is talking about. It's just what's going on. That's the reason why we spend unreal amounts of money in early childhood. That's the reason why there's an 18-month systematic theology of, of basic doctrine and basic biblical stories so that the kids walk out with biblical literacy, so that they know the stories of the Bible. They know about the stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They get it. And it's on an 18-month system, just like your kids are in school. It's this system so that they're going to get that three times over the course of their time from kindergarten to fifth grade. It's very intentional. It looks like a ton of fun. It's very intentional what we do. So the reason why what, so I'm saying that is we do all of that, not because we're chasing cool, not because we need to have a slide in, in, in the building or we need to have some arcade or rock climbing wall, but because we know that students are social before they're spiritual, and we know that if we're going to reach them, we have to have an environment that's conducive for them. If I'm going to reach you, I have to have an environment that's conducive for you. And if you're holding a child, you can't pay attention to what I'm talking about. And, 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 and neither can anybody else around you. Again, if you're here for the first time, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I've been doing this thing for a long time. 
pastoring here for a long time. And we have, an area, we have areas in the room that are set up for parents with small kids. I know sometimes kids are sick. Sometimes they're extenuating circumstances. You may be a brand new family. And again, I, and, and it's just you're going to stay together. I totally understand that. If we thought there was something wrong with that, we wouldn't make provisions in this room for that. But week in and week out, day in and day out, the very best place for your child, the safest place in this building is in those rooms. This whole building was designed that way. So that if anything ever were to happen, there would ever be an active shooter come into this place, heaven forbid, the safest place for your kids to be, there's a full lockdown facilities that are just there for safety. Why do we go through? Because we spent an amazing amount of money and amazing amount of time. Why? Because we value the next generation. I'm telling you, we so value. There are things I can't even talk about on the platform that we do just to protect your kids to make sure. The staff hears me on a regular basis about the protection and the safety of your kids. Why? Because my kids were raised here. I've been doing this this whole time. Ava and Anna, they grew up in early childhood and in elementary and in middle school and in high school and all the way through. And so again, and many of your kids have as well. And, and so it's just, it's teaching and training because why? It's our responsibility. The second thing is, is we need to show them. It says it right there in the passage. We, we show them. Look at it, it says admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Our life's mission uh, pivots the moment that we make a decision to follow Christ. When you encounter Jesus, he changes you forever. Even as a child, even as a child, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, 5, and 6 says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, the love of God is truly made complete in him. For this is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So we're dedicated to helping students and kids figure out how to walk with Jesus, how to live this life. Life. How do we do that? So glad you asked that question. First of all, we're partnering with parents. Again, I learned this a long time ago as a youth pastor. The greatest influence in your child's life is not a youth pastor or a coach or some star athlete. Statistically proven, inside, outside the church, it doesn't matter. The number one influence in their life is you, mom and dad. Right, wrong, good or bad, it's you. So what we want to do, especially if you're Christ followers, we want to come around you and we want to support what you're doing. We're, 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 we've got your back in, a, in essence. We, we're we're kind of at your six. We're, we're, we're going to be there to kind of support what you're doing and to reaffirm all the things that you're teaching and what's going on and, and what's happening. We don't ever want to be divisive in any shape, form, or fashion. We want to support. We want to help you teach and train. We want to equip you as moms and dads and be able to make sure you've got the information and that you've got what you need so that you're able to make decisions. Second thing that we do is, 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 with, is with leaders and workers that are in life kids and elementary and early childhood and in, and in life church youth. Let me talk about this for a minute. This is huge. Because again, when these, when these babies come in into life kids, we're getting them in an environment where when they come to church, we want them to run if they can, or at least want to be able to get that direction and they don't want to leave. That's kind of the goal. We want them to cry when you're taking them home, if that helps at all, right? Because we want them to have such a great time. Why? Because it puts something in their mind. Hey, this is fun. This is enjoyable. This is something that I want to do. The Catholic Church has been doing this for years brilliantly. 
It's, 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 it's understood. If, if a child is raised in Catholicism for the first five years, then that child will probably be a Catholic for life. Why? Because they're teaching and they're training that child to love Jesus, to love the church. Not wrong. They've done a masterful job at just at sharing the love of Christ and engaging that young, that, that child. So those first five years are the most crucial because it sets a palate, it sets a taste, it sets a rhythm in their life. And so, and, and then by the time then that they're, they're, they're in 4K and, and they're getting ready, then, then they go into 5K and, and now, now they're in elementary and, they're, and so they're, they're kind of across the hall. And so, so they're kind of where the bigger kids are. And, and so there's all kinds of spaces and places. And again, they're, they're social before they're, they're spiritual. And so you see that part of it. But then once they're inside there, they're, they're, there's, there's places for, I mean, there's a worship service, there's teaching. Uh, there's, there's, there's altar response time. Then there's a small group setting and then they come back out for you to pick them up. And it's all very intentional. But who runs and does all that? Volunteers. People that love your kids. So right now there are people that are serving. Volunteers. We don't pay our nursery workers. Volunteers that are volunteering, that are there. So when you go pick up your kids, say thank you so much. Why? Because they provided you an opportunity to be able to, to, to learn. And so they're serving so that you can be served. They're serving and waiting the table so that you can sit down and enjoy. But they're also serving because they care about those kids in the same way in, 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 uh, in elementary. And if you'll notice, we, we have moms and dads in some cases that are serving together because it's, it's good because some of the kids, they don't come from homes and families where they're seeing that or they're, they're seeing a, a dad or, 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 or they're seeing a, a man that really is public in his faith and his love for Jesus Christ. And so those young boys, they, they need to see that example in a healthy way. And then going right on into youth, they, they, they need to see that. And so there are youth leaders and, and, and singles and adults and people that are there that are working. And, and, and let me just stop and say this. If you have any passion for working with kids at all, on your communication card, you can just simply just let us know that and communicate that and we'll follow up with you. If you've not gone through life track, go through life track, check the box, we'll follow up, we'll tell you when the life track, next life track is happening. And we, and, and there's, they're happening all throughout the course of every month and throughout the year, multiple times over and again, it's just a great way for you to onboard. But this is all intentional. And the third way that we do this is by experience. Because again, students are social. So it's experience, it's, it's tactile, it's interacting. And so, so there's kids blast for kids. We, we get them in an overnight forum so that they're kind of away from home and we go to an indoor water park and then we have a kid's service and, and, and it's just a ton of fun. Moms and dads are there, all that's there, and, but they're kind of getting away. And, and then, then there's kids camp and so then they go to camp and it's four nights away and we go to Wapaka and just about an hour and a half north of here on Spencer Lake and, and they're there and then, and then they're used to that. And so then there's middle school and high school camps and mission trips and all those things are happening. And it's very intentional. Why? Because change of pace and change of place equals change of perspective. Every single time. So all the things that you've taught them, all the things you're teaching them, all the things that are going on, they get in a space where they have a crazy amount of fun and it's crazy spiritual. Doesn't matter if the food's horrible or great. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they sleep a wink. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter if they shower all week. I know it does for you moms, but I'm just telling you that's the sad reality, all right? So, but, but, but have they encountered and, and made friends and have they encountered God? That's why we do that. I have about 30 kids right now that want to go to summer camp that can't go to summer camp unless we provide a way, which we will. 
We, there will never be a student at Life Church that wants to go to camp that can't go to camp because of money. Money will never be an issue not to go to camp. Why? Because it's the biggest life change experience that they have. And I know the camping industry is blowing up. All the universities, University of Wisconsin, Oklahoma State University has a huge, huge program. It is mega, 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 mega money. And they're spending all kinds of money. There's all kinds of property that's being developed all across the United States for camping programs because all the suburban parents want their kids to go to camp, blah, 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 blah. But the church, we've been doing it for years. We didn't have an air conditioner and we had kind of pup tents. It, we didn't have a whole lot, but man, we had fun. And, and, and it was this crazy amount of fun and crazy amount of spirituality kind of coming together. Why? Because we want to show them. Last is we release them. We release them. He says, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's the ultimate goal. It's that these students grow up and they become world changers. And they may go in all places of the world, but they change the world. This means that we help students figure out their why, their purpose. Why are they on the planet? What are they called to do? What are they created to do? The two most important days of a person's life is the day that they're born, and secondly, the day that you realize why you were born. We want to help students figure out the why. So instead of me just droning on and on and on and on and on talking about this, I want to take you to a conversation that we recorded a few weeks ago with three 20-somethings, all of which I've interacted with personally and was their pastor when they were either in elementary, junior high, high school, or all of those things. You'll see a student well, he's not a student anymore. He's a grown man. He, he's a wealth manager in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's leaving everything to go to northern Tibet to be a missionary. You're supporting him. You'll see a staff member from a church in Minneapolis, one of the fastest growing churches in North America. And he's working full time because he got saved at this church when he was in high school, going to Germantown High School. And it was youth leaders and a youth pastor and a church, you, that reached out to him. On all those crazy one nights and crazy events and all that that we did, sending him to camp. First time he went on an airplane, he was on a missions trip with this youth group. First time out of, it really out of anywhere from the upper Midwest, it was here. And then another young lady who just graduated Life Leadership College that has come on to the staff who has been raised up in this church from the time she was in middle school all the way through, that God has great plans for her. I want you to see what happens when a church invests in the next generation. Check this out. Hey guys, uh, wanted just to say thanks for taking time out of your schedule to be here. Just wanna sit down and have a conversation today with you about uh, your involvement in local church ministry and even how local church ministry has impacted your life to be in vocational ministry where you are today. So Joey, you're a young man that grew up in the youth group here and you went through Life Leadership College, graduated two years ago, and now you're in full-time vocational ministry. Tell me where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, I'm in uh, Minneapolis right now. Uh, right outside of that is uh, Adina. So we're at the Crosstown campus with River Valley Church. 
Um, been an incredible experience for me being in a connections role where I've been able to oversee a lot of uh, life groups and serving teams and first time engagement as well as like new believers and to be a part of it has been absolutely amazing. Very cool. And Analia, you also grew up here at Life Church uh, and went through Life Leadership College, just graduated this mm -hmm. spring and you're in vocational ministry. Tell us what you're doing and where you're serving. Yeah. Right now, I'm actually now the administrator of Life Leadership College, so helping them with a lot of the behind the scene details from recruitment to planning trips. And so I've really loved helping young adults, people who going into full-time ministry, discover their call and develop those giftings and passions. And I also have the opportunity to help lead a life group called 20ish. And it's cool how God in the past two years has brought this community of young adults together and really started to develop relationships for people in their 20s. Very cool. And Justin, you, you grew up in the youth group that Tammy and I pastored in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And it's been a while yeah. back ago. <laughs> and, yeah, and so uh, you went to Evangel University, got a business degree, were working in the marketplace, and felt a call into vocational ministry. Tell us a little bit about where you are, what you're doing, and what's happening for you. Uh, I'm currently preparing to move to India for two years. And while I'm there, we will be doing church plants in Mumbai. Um, and then also we are supporting a um, group of pastors and ministers in the Himalayan region. And we are supporting them by providing solar powered audio Bibles um, that speak the gospel in local language. Analia, tell me, how has a local church shaped you in your life? Mm -hmm. Local church has been huge. I started attending Life Church when I was in seventh grade under Kevin and Noel Miller. They were the youth pastors at the time. Uh, and Life Church Youth really is what allowed me to have that personal relationship with Jesus. Because I grew up in a Christian home, parents were believers, but my relationship was dependent on them. And it took Life Church Youth giving me a space of my own to go to, to grow up and to really develop that personal relationship with God. And I had the opportunity at church here to dive into those, to serve in Life Kids, to help in youth group, to go on missions trips, to go on camps. and. Without the local church, I honestly, that's what shaped, you know, my college career, my my career right now, currently that I'm doing full time and has, has really helped me dive into what God's called me to and equipped me with the education, equipped me with the resources and the people, the leaders, the mentors. So Dustin, what about you? How has the local church shaped you and where you are? Local church has been vital for me. Um, just it has been that constant support group and having that in my life through um, the leaders that I was under, the friends that I were engaged with, um, being in a place that where the presence of God is, like that is what formed me into the man I am today and also um, cultivated that process of having a calling into ministry. Joey, what about you? How has local church shaped you in your life? For me, just with uh, the upbringing I had kind of with my parent dynamic and coming from a separated family, um, I started going to youth group at 13 because a friend invited me. Um, and, and that night I was able to give my life to Jesus because at that point in my life, I, I really didn't know what else to look to. Um, but out of that, what was so cool about it is, is it created a family for me. Um, so what the local church did for me is it gave me hope. It showed me that I didn't have to be a product of what I came out of. It showed me that um, in Jesus, like he, he made me something new that I could live to the potential of what I had. Um, so those, those leaders in my life uh, were huge as well as the local church. Talk to me about your call into vocation ministry. I think God's been working on that calling since I was in, you know, beginning of youth group. 
and going on missions trips here and there and being active in the community. Um, but also going to India right after college, my first year, spending a year there, um, seeing the need, coming back, working in town, being involved with the local church. Just seeing the need, I, I'd say that was eventually just being around it consistently, knowing that there's just such a need and there's so many people that just need Christ, that eventually just, it wasn't so much a, it is a calling, but it's it helped me realize that it's a commandment to go. And Leah, what about you? Talk to me about where did you receive your calling in ministry? Talk a little bit about that. It was a bit of a progress, but I was on a mission trip with Life Church Youth to El Salvador, and it was my first mission trip out of the country. So crazy, scary, overwhelming, but there was one moment when we were on a bus and we were all just praying for people wanting to be feeling that call into full-time ministry. And you hear people say that, that missions is caught, not taught. And I had that moment where I just caught this passion to share Jesus with others and have them realize really who they were created to be. So that was the initial moment on that trip where I felt God speak to my heart. You know, you're gonna help people realize their calling. You're gonna help people realize what it is that I've created them to do. Joey, what about you? Talk to me about your calling in ministry. I think for me, it, it was definitely a process. It wasn't kind of an aha moment. It was more of um, continuous people uh, pouring into me saying, hey, I kind of see this in you. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, the moment that really first came was actually when Kevin Miller sat me down at the Starbucks right over here uh, by the church and said, hey, we're, we're thinking about starting a leadership program. Uh, what do you think about that? And, and I went to a LLC, a Life Leadership College, uh, one day where um, I, I got to see everything, I got to see it happen. And I think that's when the wheels really started turning because I got to say to myself, like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And so even though when I said yes to Life Leadership College, having no idea what I was going to do in ministry, I just felt like God was telling me to take the next step. Um, and trust him with the process because I didn't have it figured out. How, talk to me specifically, how has the local church helped you develop your calling into ministry, like specifically? I think one that I forget oftentimes, but I look back to and I'm so thankful for is as a junior in high school, I started helping out in Life Kids. And I started as a small group leader, but Pastor Brad, he helped give me the opportunity to help you know, host a service and to have the opportunity to communicate like the message of Jesus, the love of Jesus to those kids in that room as a junior in high school. Like for him to trust me with that at that age, I'm so thankful for because it's at that moment I started to take baby steps into my calling and into that passion I have for sharing the love of Jesus with people. That's awesome because a lot of times people don't think about where well, you're just working at Life Kids mm -hmm. or you're just hanging out at Life Kids. But I remember my youngest coming and seeing you on that platform. And it was so cool to her to see another girl mm -hmm. who was older, right? So a high school girl, so they're cool. <laughs> and coming back in and telling us, mom, dad, you, this is who was there, this is what was going mm -hmm. on. And it was so influential to her mm -hmm. that now as Ava, as a junior in high school, yeah. does the same thing. Mm -hmm because that's what she saw modeled for her. For sure. And then I wonder what little girls are sitting out there seeing mm -hmm. the same thing today that five, six, seven years down the road will say, hey, they're a junior, senior in high school and they're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Dustin, what about you? How's the church specifically developed and helped you develop your calling in the ministry? Yeah, well, when it comes to missions, uh, I know that you and Tammy started in the beginning doing small or um, local ministry trips. Um, but also um, going overseas and going to different states and working uh, with churches and pastors to provide assistance. And, and it just started up 
you know, the idea of this is what life is about. It's enhancing other people's lives. And um, it's walking that path to see how God is, you know, you know, working himself into all of us. One of the things that I learned youth pastoring is when I was a kid in high school, there weren't those opportunities to go. And I got into youth ministry and I started taking students on inner city trips, whether it be St. Louis or Atlanta, and would take these and I would see the change in their lives and then go internationally, knowing I'd never had that opportunity. So I didn't even grow up getting to do the things that like my daughters, um, you know, Tammy and I, our two daughters, have had the opportunity to be able to do, and you guys have been able to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you do for others what wasn't done for you, right? Yep. And you see that happening. But I would see those those changes in their life. I knew that was the first time that kid's getting on a plane. That's the first time they're in an international con uh, context, or it's the first time that they've been a minority in a room, uh, or whatever it may be, or they were, they were ministering to people in a way they had never, ever been exposed to before. And to be able to see that and the light come on, and, and then down through the years, we'll stay in contact with those students. I see them as adults now, and they tell me, that was life-changing for me. That, I've never forgotten that trip. I never forgot that outreach. I never forgot that deal. It's to see God working in your lives is probably more rewarding for me than to see it happen in, in me. To see you go to India, to see you lead uh, young adult ministry, to see you in a, in a growing church on a national level, to go, wow. That happened because of a local church that cared enough about the next generation to provide, in some cases, opportunities that would have never, ever been provided for them and to kind of do what maybe wasn't done for them to do for someone else. And it takes me back to that statement I always say, nothing works like a local church works when a local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And you three are total examples of dozens and hundreds of other young men and young women who have followed and are following or have gone your way to, to live that out. And so it's just incredible for me to see. Very awesome. And that's what it's all about. Amen. You don't get to sit at a table like that just overnight. It's Dustin, it's, it was 20 years. It's been almost 20 years ago that Tammy and I were his youth pastors. And then, and then to see it in Joey and Analia. And this past week, she's helping with, with the 20-ish ministry, which whatever that is. And uh, no, I'm just teasing. Great ministry to young adults. That was just something, put it kind of in her heart and some of the hearts of some of the other young adults here. And there were over 50 uh, just in that gathering this week. Here's what I'm trying to say is, that's your church. That's the, the fruit of, of, of your labor. Uh, that's the intentionality that goes behind that. Because a lot of times, you, it's almost like watching a stand-up comedian doing a late-night talk show. It just looks like it's just happening. Or you're just kind of off the cuff. But the reality is, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of intentionality. There's hundreds and thousands of dollars that go in to investing to get it and stewarding resources to get it to that level. And I wonder, as my youngest watched Analia in Life Kids lead worship and Cherish Ward 
who has just graduated high school, excuse me, just graduated college at Evangel and is getting married to the Youth Alive director in the state of Ohio and all of that. You just don't know where these kids are going to end up. You don't know where they're going to go and you don't know what influence it has. You, you, you just don't know. Maybe it's your son or daughter that's sitting in Life Kid, or it's your niece or nephew or it's your grandson or granddaughter that 10, 15, 20 years is on an interview like that going, hey, I was there and I was a part of and this changed my life because of. You don't know. So there's three really simple things that I want to do today, kind of action points, to continue to keep those, that's just, the, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but to keep those kinds of things happening. First of all, I want to ask you to pray. And I mean that with all sincerity. I'm not just saying that lightly, but I mean that with sincerity. Pray for our kids and for our students. They need your prayer more than any other time. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for God's provision. Pray for God's protection. Pray will, God will just continue to move for a revival in the youth ministry, in the student ministry, in the kids ministry. Pray as they go to camp this summer. Pray as they're going on international and local mission trips. Just, just pray. Just pray. Secondly, I want to ask for you to consider to get involved. I talked about this just a minute ago, but, but there's a lot of awesome opportunities in kids ministry, early childhood and, and elementary and middle school and high school. You know, as a pastor, I'm a part of that, but, but what was interesting to me was on and on and on and on and on, their stories were about other people, staff members, or people in the church, or volunteers and leaders that were just, worked Monday through Friday, different jobs, but they showed up and they ministered to them, and they're there today serving in ministry. Greg Washington, who is uh, on staff here at Life Church, a teaching pastor. They, it, 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 it didn't make it to the video because of time, but Joey talked about a summer internship working with Greg in, in the city of Milwaukee and how that was the first time in his life he'd ever been the minority in a room. It was the first time in his life that he had really seen opportunity and need. He'd, he, he, it, Greg opened his mind and opened him up to opportunities that, that have shaped him even to today. You just don't know. And so what I'm asking you is maybe you're not serving somewhere and this is your local church. I'm asking you to consider to stop and to serve and to find a place in kids ministry, youth ministry. And I said this to the Prime Life group and I'll say it again. You may go, I'm too old. I need older people in these areas. I need grandmas and grandpas. Why? Because they need to see men and women, and they need to see people that have been married for a long time, and they need to see people that have been, they, they just need to be around. They need your wisdom. We're not a young church. We're a church about life change. Whether you are 90 or nine, we don't care. We want to see you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so the reality is, is God is blessing us with all these young families and young couples and millennials and, 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 and Gen Xers. And I, the thing I need is to leverage the, the baby boomers and the builders that are here to be able to kind of come in and help with this next generation. So I would seriously ask you on the communication card to say, hey, I'm interested in serving. I'm interested in finding a place. And then the last thing I'm going to ask, and I'm going to actually give you an opportunity, this should be of no surprise to you today, to give financially. When we talk about greater, there's three key areas. There's missions, which we all kind of get. It's the mission trips. It's what we do. It's high profile stuff around the corner, around the world. 
expansion-like campuses, and we're working through all of that. And again, we're moving at the speed of your generosity. People have been asking me about the Milwaukee campus, and we're moving in that direction. Uh, and to do everything we needed to do came back significantly higher than what we had planned for. And so we're valuing engineering that. If you can give me $1.3 million, I can do it tomorrow. But right now, I'm trying to pull back about 300000 I see that hand. That's good. Amen. So I'm moving as fast as I can. As, as the money's there, we're, we're getting it out there. But this next generation is also the third leg of greater. I told you, I've got about seven to $10,000 worth right now of kids that need to go to camp this summer. There are about 20 students, 22, 23 students at Milwaukee campus alone that unless we step up with generosity, they don't go to camp. There's just not the resources there. I know that my brother and I grew up going to camp and my parents sacrificed to send us to camp. And I know to this day, my mom and dad annually sponsor a student in the local youth group to go to camp because they just know the power that it can do to change your life. So Tammy and I, we're, we're gonna give above and beyond what we've committed to greater in this offering because there's about $70,000 worth of opportunity, if you would, and again, if we don't give anything, that's okay. But well, it's not really okay, but we'll, 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 we'll utilize what's given. We'll get it there. But I'm just being very frank with you. A kid like Joey doesn't go to camp with that generosity of people like you. And Leah and Dustin, no problem. Joey, no. So how many Joeys are we going to send to camp? Did you understand what I'm saying? I think when we get to heaven, we're gonna to get to have some really cool opportunities to see how much of what we gave and what we did and what we sacrificed to be able to, to see this. And again, this is about greater generation. And you go, well, you're asking for money. Yep, and you do this all the time. Yep, and, I'm not, and I don't get anything from it. I'm not asking for an offering for me. If you've been at this church very long, you'll notice we don't take pastor appreciation offerings. We stopped that a long time ago when I first got here because I don't need an extra offering but we'll take a missions offering and we'll take an offering for, for people, for students, for kids. And so just some opportunities today that, that can just let you know where, where, where the money's going. So Life Leadership College, again, it helps subsidize the program, camp scholarships, uh, college and high school campus ministries, Assemblies of God colleges. We, we still give some support in that direction and foster care ministry. So just it's gonna be on the screens. We kind of go through, but, but what you give today makes a difference. So $35 is a placement bag for a child in foster care. Every time a child goes to a different locale, they are, um, they, they're basically, they just, they don't, a lot of times, sometimes when these parents get these children in the middle of the night, there's not anything there. They're just given the clothes on their back. And so again, there is a, a placement bag uh, just for foster care to kind of help in this area. Uh, $100 of needed resources for parents that are becoming foster parents. Again, we support ministries and organizations that do this. $250 sends a kid to camp. And right now, I just told you I got 23 at the Milwaukee campus alone that I, that I need help on. A $750 pays for a, a class for an, a life leadership college student. And again, these are kids that are going, they're getting a full year, a four year fully accredited degree from Southwestern University in, in Waxahachie, Texas, that's Greater Dallas, and uh, in, in, light, in leadership, uh, it's half the price it would cost them in brick and mortar. And then they're going on mission trips and internships and working, and you can just see where these students are being placed. And then uh, $1,000 puts on school assembly, so we give heavily to, to outreaches that are happening all throughout the state of Wisconsin through Youth Alive. And so 
I don't have time to go into any more than that, but that's just some of the basic things that as you give today, that's where it goes. So what we're going to do is we're going to get ready to give you an opportunity to give. If you're a guest, I don't ask that you give anything, but if you're a regular attender, I'm just going to ask you simply to say, God, what do you want me to do? And if it's nothing, then don't do anything. If it's something, then do something, whatever that is. There's also digital formats that you can give. Uh, you can put cash in the offering. You can put a check in the offering. Uh, you can do whatever you, however you want to do it. Um, but uh, I can just tell you for me, the thing that gets me off this list is kids going to camp. It just, it just, it just does. And so, because uh, God's blessed Tammy and I in a way that we've always been able to send Ava and Anna to camp. Uh, but I know there are parents and kids that want to go. I was having this conversation with Pastor uh, Pastor Robert, our, our campus pastor at Milwaukee about this. And he said, yep, they want to go, but there's just, and we've got to do it in a way so that it, it allows for pride and for and, and dignity to stay intact. And we'll do that. Uh, but to get those kids to go to camp. And uh, again, with a growing church, growing like we are, there's a lot of kids, there's a lot of families, there's a lot of people coming in. So I want to pray and pray God's uh, just over this offering. And then the ushers are going to come and they're going to they're give you an opportunity to give. There's going to be a quick video and then uh, Dustin's going to come and dismiss us. But uh, I'm just going to ask that uh, you just respond to the Lord. But I want you to understand one thing. What you're giving to is not me. It's not programming for these departments. It's not staffing for these departments. All of that is all provided by your generosity and giving and tithe. This are just opportunities, needs in this area to make a difference in these kids' lives. Father, I just thank you today for your people. And I thank you today for the opportunity to be able to, to give. I thank you that you've blessed Tammy and I that we're able to give. And so as we invest, Lord, and we give, God, it doesn't matter to me where it's spent, but I, I'm giving just because I know there's kids that need to go to camp. I know there are kids that have never been out of the city of Milwaukee, and that's going to happen this summer. And when they get there, everything's going to be covered. They're going to need some snack shack money to, to, to get some snacks, and we're going to take care of all that. We're not going to let any kid go where they're haves and have-nots. No, 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 no. Every kid, go on these nice buses. We're going to go in style. We're going to bless them. We're going to bless their families so that, that while that week, while that child is gone or those children are gone, that mom gets a break or dad gets a break or the family, it's just a kind of a, but that that child's going to go and they're going to have a great amount of fun, but they're going to experience you. And who knows if but a future campus pastor might be on that bus. Maybe the future pastor of Life Church, the new senior pastor, will be on that bus. Some kid that came in that nobody knew gave his life to Jesus, got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, went to Bible college, came on staff, and takes this church to 20,000 people. Wouldn't that be awesome, Lord? God, I just pray that you would bless Bless this offering. Bless the incredible generosity and the sacrificial giving of these people. In Jesus' name, amen.